You're listening to Comedy Central. June 4th, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. I'm Trevor Noah, and it has been 620 hours since we have last seen Melania Trump. <laughs> My guest tonight is a rapper and an actor in the new movie, Ocean's 8. Aquafina is here, everybody! <laughs> but first up, if you were planning to invite FBI agents to a party, be warned, because they got some banging dance moves. An FBI agent is under investigation after his gun accidentally went off on a dance floor in Denver. As he flips, his handgun flies out of its holster to the floor, then accidentally going off as he picks it up. Watch again. As he reaches, there's that muzzle flash, the bullet striking a man in the crowd. Damn. I always thought that white people were bad at dancing, but I, uh, I didn't know they were actually dangerous. Wow. There's so many things that strike me about this video. First of all, what is this nightclub, right? <laughs> no, look at it, it's, it, it's lit up like a grocery store. There's a guy in shorts and flip-flops, right? I think the floor is astroturf. Like, where is this? Is there a cover charge or do you just flash your Looney Tunes tattoo to get in? How does this work? And also, how's the FBI agent gonna shoot someone and then walk away like all he did was spill someone's Bud Light? Look at him, he's like, oh yeah, my bad, my bad. Party foul, all right, let's keep it moving, let's keep it moving. And the best part for me, the best part for me has to be the flip-flops guy who disappears as soon as the gun goes off. Like, just watch him immediately. Look at him in the background. There he is, like, bang, and he's like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I like that. That was the most black response you can ever get. Because all the other people were like, oh my God, a gun went off. That guy was like, oh shit, I'm out, I'm out. Now, luckily, the guy who got shot is okay, and uh, now I think he has a pretty dope story. As long as he keeps it short. You know, it can be like, that scar over there, that's from when an FBI agent shot me accidentally while dancing. <laughs> In other news, Scott Pruitt, head of the EPA, is coming under fire again. And this one is a weird story. He apparently asked one of the EPA officials to help him buy a used mattress from the Trump International Hotel. Yeah, that's what he did. And before you knock him, I think you have to give the man some credit. Buying something secondhand is literally the only good thing he's ever done for the environment. <laughs> so give him that. And this, oh, and this was one of my favorite stories from yesterday. Former Senator Rick Santorum said that President Barack Obama, more than Donald Trump, exacerbated racism in America. Yeah, that's what he said. He said Obama actually made racism worse, which when you think about it, he has a point. Because think about it, in this country's 200-year history, no one had ever called a sitting president the N-word. Then Obama shows up, and it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Obama, thanks. <laughs> People are like, I never said that word until he came. It must be him. But let's move on. One of the president's top selling points during the campaign was that as a man of the people, he was gonna make sure that the elites would be treated exactly like everybody else. That's what Trump said, especially when it came to the law. No one will be above the law. In a Trump administration, we will have one set of rules for everyone. In Hillary Clinton's world, we have one set of rules for her and another set of rules for everybody else. I will never lie to you. 
I will never put any other interest before you, and I will never, ever stop fighting for you. That was so romantic, it felt like he was about to start singing, I swear. <laughs> By the moon and the stars in the sky! <laughs> but that's one of the things that Trump supporters loved about him. Unlike crooked Hillary and black Barack Obama, Trump did not think that anyone was above the law, including himself, right? That's what he said. But in the past few months, Mueller's investigation has started closing in on Trump like a fortnight storm. And because of that, <laughs> Trump and his team have started updating his presidency's terms and conditions. A memo from President Trump's lawyers to special counsel Robert Mueller says flat out that a president cannot obstruct justice because he has authority over all federal investigations. What they argue in this memo is that the president of the United States, because he's a chief law enforcement officer, can terminate any federal investigation at any time for any reason. Yeah, you heard right. Trump's lawyers are arguing that as president, Trump has the power to kill all investigations into himself for any reason. Essentially, that the president is above the law, which makes sense. I mean, we all remember when the founders were like, you know what America needs? A king. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is what they said, right? I couldn't concentrate because of all their rapping. It threw me off. <laughs> so uh, anyway, according to Donald Trump's legal team, the president, by definition, cannot obstruct justice. But even if it ever turned out that he did obstruct justice, they also say that the president can't be charged with a crime. Mr. Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, telling the Huffington Post it's impossible to indict a sitting president, no matter the offense, claiming if he shot James Comey, he'd be impeached the next day. Impeach him, and then you can do whatever you want to do to him. Okay, okay. So the president can't be criminally charged. He can only be impeached by Congress. Now, I, I understand that as a legal argument, but I do think it's a little weird that out of all the examples they could have picked, they went with murdering James Comey. <laughs> it almost makes me feel like they've been thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, James Comey, if you get invited to a party and Trump starts dancing, you should run. That's what you should do, <laughs> run. All right, but, but, but let's, let's, let's make sure we're on the same page here. So Trump's legal team says the president can't obstruct justice. But even if he did obstruct justice, he can't be indicted. And even if somehow he is indicted, they've got a plan for that too. Mr. Trump's lawyers at the time argue the president cannot be subpoenaed or forced to testify under oath. The idea is you can't, um, you can't interfere with him uh, either, either from a point of view of indictment or, or, or question. You can't interfere with the president's uh, time, his effort, his concentration. This isn't just theoretical. He's not sitting up there, you know, uh, playing tiddlywinks. He's, he's involved right. in four or five unbelievably historic negotiations right now. Uh, I'm sorry, wait, what? <laughs> Trump is too busy to testify? Get the <laughs> out of here, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. You might be able to make that case for other presidents, but Trump? The dude has spent 600 days of his 500 days playing golf. Are you serious? <laughs> His desk is so empty, it looks like no one's invented paper yet. <laughs> He's fake driven two trucks, two. That man is busy? The man live tweets Fox News' Jesse Waters. And look, I can understand live tweeting Hannity. Okay, fine. But if you have time to live tweet Jesse Waters, you have time to testify, okay? Like Trump has so much time, he could help me move if I was moving, he could, yeah. He has so much time, he could pick me up at the airport and not just like swing by, he could park and meet me at arrivals. That's how much time he has. Don't tell me he doesn't have time. He has the time. 
But you, but you've got to appreciate how far Trump has come from the campaign. From no one is above the law to I don't have time to testify because I got that thing that I'm doing. And we haven't even reached the best part yet. Because it turns out even if Trump could be charged with obstruction and got indicted and somehow found the time in his calendar to testify, according to Trump, he's got a cheat code. President Trump weighing in this morning on the debate, tweeting, as has been stated by numerous legal scholars, I have the absolute right to pardon myself. But why would I do that when I have done nothing wrong? Yeah, why would I do that? Why? Trump's claiming the right to let himself off the hook for any crime at any time. Yeah. Something tells me that Trump wants the same rules for everyone except himself, which even if it's right legally doesn't sound like a democracy to me, right? I mean, a president shouldn't be able to pardon themselves. It's like sneezing and then saying, bless you to yourself. It's not right. You can do it, but it's not right. Yeah, you wait for someone else to say it or you die. That's how it works. And I know at this moment, Trump is gonna say, oh no, no, I'm not pardoning myself, but you know, that's not my plan. I'm just putting it out there. But that's, that's not how Trump works. Come on, we all know. I know that as soon as someone brings up prison, and Trump realizes that he's gonna have to spend his days reading and working out, he's gonna be like, pardon. I'm using my pardon, folks. I'm using it all. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Show. You know, in general, I'm not a big fan of President Trump, but the one area where I'm rooting for him is with North Korea. I want him to win that Nobel Peace Prize. Mostly just to see him bite into it because he thinks it's chocolate. <laughs> so for me, this was good news. Good morning, back on. President Trump announcing that historic summit between the U.S. and North Korea, once canceled, will now take place as originally planned. This summit that was on and then off is now back on again. The president announced this afternoon he will be in Singapore on June 12th for an historic meeting with North Korea's Kim Jong-un. The president called it a getting to know you meeting plus. What? <laughs> a getting to know you meeting plus? Plus what? Plus onion rings? <laughs> or plus a plan to shut down North Korea's nuclear program? Like, what is the plus? Because that's what this meeting was supposed to be about. Do you remember that? Maybe he means plus an NDA, because that's usually how he gets to know someone. Maybe it's that. I don't know how this works. But still, so uh, the summit is officially back on. Right, but don't get too excited yet, because if anything, I think we should treat this like the Roseanne reboot. Sure, <laughs> it's on now but it's only one 3 a.m. tweet away from getting canceled again, so don't get too excited. <laughs> but for now, we can enjoy how North Korea got back on the president's good side. Kim Jong-chul, a former spy and now North Korea's top nuclear negotiator, became the first North Korean official to visit the White House in nearly 20 years. Kim Jong-un's point man delivered a letter from the North Korean leader. A picture of President Trump with the vice chairman of North Korea there, big smiles on their faces. President Trump holding the oversized envelope with the letter from Kim Jong-un. Look at how excited he is about his giant envelope. Like, like, it looks like he's the one visiting the leader in the Oval Office. Why is he so happy? And it, you can see, it doesn't even matter what's in the envelope. Trump is just like a kid who gets an expensive race car for Christmas, and then when you look over, he's just playing with the cardboard box. Whee! And we, we actually got the envelope right here, the actual envelope. Here it is, if you wanna. <laughs> this is it. I, uh... It's weird. It, 
It looked so big when he was holding, it must be like an optical illusion. Anyway, uh, so what did that letter say that convinced Trump to resume denuclearization talks with North Korea? Well, that's what reporters outside the White House wanted to know. This was a very good meeting. Don't forget, this was a meeting uh, where a letter was given to me by Kim Jong-un, and that letter was a very nice letter. Oh, would you like to see what was in that letter? Would you like, how much, how much, how much? Uh, It was a very interesting letter. But the president subsequently revealed he hadn't opened it. Uh, No, I didn't, I haven't seen the letter yet. I purposely didn't open the letter. I haven't opened it. I may be in for a big surprise, folks. (laughs) Come on, dude. You know, there are times when I understand why Trump lies, because it's about something important, like this is the biggest tax cut in history, or no collusion, or my wife hasn't left me. I get that. (laughs) But going from the letter is interesting and great to I haven't read it in under 10 minutes, that's just wasting a lie. It's like getting to ask God one question and then just going, what's up? (laughs) But look, fine, either way, the summit is back on. It's just a week away and everything seems to be back on track, except, except for one Kim-sized thing. There have been some published reports that North Korea wants the U.S. to pay for a fancy hotel room for Kim Jong-un in Singapore. A swanky five-star hotel in Singapore where the presidential suite runs about $6,000 a night. A spokesperson for the State Department did respond to the Washington Post saying that the United States doesn't plan to pay this hotel bill and they won't be asking another country to pick up the tab either. Yeah, you know, it makes sense. If one thing is gonna break the deal, it's Trump having to pay for someone else to stay in a presidential suite. That makes sense. Yeah, because Trump's probably gonna be like, no, I'm the president. And Kim's gonna say, well, I don't see supreme leader suites anywhere. (laughs) And then because none of them can ever back down, they're just gonna end up sharing a room. And Trump is gonna be like, okay, fine, but we have to sleep butt to butt. (laughs) Also, if you need to pee in the middle of the night, I don't mind. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Well, that took you a while, that took you a while. Oh. There is another solution. Trump could book his own presidential suite and then everyone else could just book Kim Jong-un his presidential suite. And I know you're asking the big question, who's gonna pay for it? Mexico. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a rapper and an actor who stars in Ocean's 8. Please welcome Aquafina. Welcome to the show. Thanks. And congratulations, first and foremost. I mean, I saw you blow up from a few videos that you had online, you know. You had some great rap songs that you put out online, you blew up, and now you are in Ocean's 8, one of the most anticipated movies. Has it sunk in? No, no, not at all, yeah. I'm in constant disbelief all the time, yes. I I feel like you you deserve it though, man. You're really funny, you're great with your music. Um, As an an actor, you also, you've been killing it as well. This was one of those roles where I feel like you were perfect for it. And I, I, I got to watch the movie, and what I was most impressed by was you, you were just your character, you're just, you're just constant. Yeah, my, my grandma says that like, you're not even acting, you're just being yourself. Right. Yeah, it's like, thanks grandma, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
for well, you. Well, I, I think you were acting. Thank I, you. I, unlike your grandmother, I think you were. Not that your grandmother's wrong. I'm just saying I think, I think you were. But but, but what, what I found interesting was was this. Like I, I've heard you speak a, a bit about roles for Asian mm-hmm. characters or Asian people in in, in movies. Yeah. And what was cool about Constance's character was that yes, Constance is Asian. But she's not like doing Asian things. She's right. just like, no, this is this is a part of who I am. Yeah, was was that not, like, important defined. to you? Yeah, it was, of course. And I think like the cool thing about Constance is like I, I watched the movie and like, you know, I was her, but I still have never seen anything like her. You know, it's right. very unique. Um and she's from that environment. She's from Queens, she's from New York. We shot that park scene like very close to where I grew up. Tell us a little bit about Constance because like I know that everyone in the Oceans franchise will always have like a skill. She's like a three-card Monty hustler, right? Yes, she's she's kind of a low-rent pickpocket, right? That they need at that moment. Um she is uh from Queens, she's a New, she's a New Yorker. And uh yeah, she's very elemental in the in the heist. Right. Yeah. You 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 have a lot of people who have who've come out like with this movie and they've gone like this is exciting, uh this is Ocean's 8 and then you obviously have the negative people who are like oh it's an all female reboot, right. but it's just it's just a kick-ass movie. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a fun movie. I think like th- those people that say that, I think they they need to watch the movie right. first and then go on Reddit, you know? So it's like <laughs> that, that kind of thing. It's like wa- watch it first and then, you know, start your sub your subreddits, yeah. Right. And it's it's Ocean's 8. Mm-hmm. which is going to be a mega blockbuster but you are also in another movie that many people didn't see coming it was widely anticipated in some ways though as well it was a uh, crazy rich asian oh i thought you meant for asian beavers yes i was in crazy rich asian wait for for like, what for asian beavers that's like the other movie that i that i did. Oh. but that's like it's like give me a straight to Straight to DV. Straight okay, to DV. Okay. Team. Okay. I'm I'm um, not gonna go into that at all. I know, we, don't have, we don't have to. No. Yeah, yeah. We, we can just yeah. go to Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight to, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now that's a movie I heard about because of Ronnie Chang, who's on the Ronnie, Daily Show. Shout out Ronnie Chang. Right. Ronnie Chang is, is in the movie. Yeah. And um, and Ronnie was like, Hey, man, I'm gonna do this movie, and I think it's really important, you know, for myself as an Asian person. It's gonna be really cool. I was like, Why? Just that's say you, you want to go it. do them. That's how you pitched it, right? <laughs> and 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 then no, like when you when you see how the movie has been received. I think what's really cool about it is so many people representing every different type of Asian person oh, yeah. you can possibly imagine. Totally. That must have been a fun experience. It was yeah, it was so fun. I mean, we I mean the cool thing about Crazy Rich Asians and you know the the aspect that it's like an Asian movie is that that conversation was never had, you know, with us right. as castmates. I think that was a really beautiful thing because we were all that one Asian on set, you know, and, and then collectively we were together and that just didn't come up. So that was really cool to experience that. That's that's an interesting place to be in. I, like when you when you get to be in roles like this on Ocean's 8 or in Crazy Rich Asians, do you think it changes how you see your roles going forward? Do you think it changes what roles you would accept in Hollywood? Totally. And I think it it, it also is, you know, it's telling of like a larger shift in Hollywood right now. And I think that like People will say like if Crazy Rich Asians like, well, you know, if it the the Asian American cinema should not be based upon Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it should just be a thing. And so I think in the same thing with with Oceans, like we should have all female cast not dependent on like how well these movies do. Right, right, right. But, you know, I think that also the roles have changed. I I remember when I first started auditioning, we were get, I was getting roles that they asked for accents that like weren't helpful at all. They were just kind of to, to, for like kind of a funny thing. And, right. Um, characters that, you know, their Asian-ness kind of defined them. Yes. And I think that I'm seeing less and less of that. So there's there's a positive thing going on right now. That's a really exciting thing to see, especially if, if you're getting into the industry now. You are an actor and a rapper. 
Do you, do you know if one is going to overtake the other? My rap career is kind of mine, you know, and I have yes. a very small niche group of fans. I'm never really going to try to push my rap to, like, a larger audience. It's just right. going to be, like, where it is, um, kind of vaggy, you know what I mean? I don't know if the audience doesn't uh, know the context, but there's check a, me out on YouTube. Yeah, Look at me on YouTube. Thank you. Oh, thank you. The one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, there's one yeah. person who's like, I'm oh, familiar with the vag. Yes. 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 Very. She's a, yeah, um, but I think like movies, like I look at movies kind of like a blessing, you know. Right. I don't really have control over what movies I'll do, you know. Um, whereas music, I, I'm constantly doing that, so it's like I, I have more creative control over that. Movies are a collaborative experience, so I'll do as long as I can. Well, I'll tell you this from Ocean's Eight and from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. I think you'll be having a lot more control than you think. Thank oh, you so thank much you for being on the show. Nice really great having you on. The EP Infinity We Trust and Ocean's Eight will be out on June 8th. Aquafina, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.